Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit, a platform where we have invited spirit to share messages, healings, and transmissions with all of us. May this energetic experience help us to expand our awareness and to deepen the relationship we have with our higher self, our spiritual team, and with Source, however we define them. Thank you for being here and for taking part in this amazing journey. So welcome back to the Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit. My name is Daniel Martinez-Stahl. We are at the start of day three with Kitty Foss. Um, we were going to be joined by her partner, Amy J, uh, but unfortunately, Amy J has been feeling uh, the brunt of, uh, of the lion energy um, at the moment. But in any case, um, Kitty and I have had a couple of wonderful conversations um i am very excited to see where this conversation goes as always i've got no idea where it's going to go um but it'll be an amazing conversation nonetheless so i'll let her introduce herself to you uh and then we will go from there um and amy sends her love to those who know her it's a lion's gate pretty much just took her down um just uh and so she's just holding right now. So I'm Kitty Foss. I am co-owner of Intuition of the Soul, uh, which a few of you are members of. Um, and it's a platform for people to experiment, look at their spirituality, practice skills. Uh, we bring speakers on. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at two former speakers who will be coming back um, who come and we bring people on to learn about your own spirituality and we also it's a safe space to explore and so i was really thrilled when i talked to daniel because one of the things we talk a lot about is the integrity as we come through this unfolding of our skills our ability to channel our ability whether we call it psychic mediumship whether it's cards we use i am personally an astrologer and it took me a long time to say that um whatever the skill you use that brings spirit through what we try at iots to do and we are been very successful is it's safe it's a safe place to explore and i'm very proud of that i'm also co-owner of a class a course called optimize your energy with the moon and stars where we teach people how to read their own astrology charts how to use their own energy and how it fits in with how we get and process our world I came to that very reluctantly. I was an astro a closet astrologer for probably close to 25 years. I used it myself. I would look at other people's charts. I would talk about the stars. But to call myself an astrologer was not my easiest thing to do. And actually, several people on this or the people were like, just call yourself one. So, um, but part of that was, and I was talking with Daniel about this, was for many, many years, I had been talking with spirit. They were telling me things, only I didn't call it spirit. I knew that it was not exactly what was everybody else was hearing, um, because I would say something, they'd be like, no. 
And it really wasn't until a few years back in a past life regression that someone looked at me and said, you know, you live at a level of psychic and channeling that other people don't, right? And I'm like, no, but kind of explains what's going on. So, uh, and then series of things in life. As an astrologer, I know that my Saturn return, which happens at the end of your 20s and the end of your 50s, my second Saturn return, I lost both of my parents. And it was the time that I really looked at how differently I was processing than my brothers and sisters. And at my mother's actual death, her passing, I could hear my first mother and I could hear things that nobody else in the room was hearing and they were talking. And so I knew that something was opening up in this transition. And so that's when I decided to study some psychic mediumship and classes about channeling where I met Amy J. That's where we started Intuition of the Soul. I also had joined another group. That's actually where I met Sandra Pelly, um, was in uh, Membership for Your Soul group. And so as I started this journey, I realized how it's all, all of us have this ability. It's what we do with it, where we're led to go with it, how we use it. So I, as a astrologer, have something called, I have Saturn, the planet of structure, and also Jupiter, the planet of expansion, in the planet of structure. So it made perfect sense that I am talked to via the stars and the energies that are happening. And I love to read people's charts. And the entire time I'm reading people's charts, I am getting information. I'm being told. And I was just telling Daniel that recently, within this last two weeks, for the first time, I'm being guided to ask people questions spirit wants you to ask about blah 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 you know the other day i was reading someone's chart and i said i'm supposed to ask you about your grandfather and what happened <laughs> they went and it was they wanted because that has to do with the energy of and i gave them an explanation about their ancestral piece of it and then something shifted for them and they were able to answer so that's me in a nutshell I live in Maine and in Florida. I have uh, two adult sons, uh, two grandchildren, and I'm very excited to be here today. Very excited. So, and well, we're just flying by the seat of the pants. No, Amy J. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that. And one thing that I want you to talk a little bit more about, um, and I know that you've been kind of nicknamed this, but you've been nicknamed the storyteller of charts or the storyteller of astrology can you talk a little bit more about that sure i i, I call myself the storytelling astrology because when i read your chart i am here to tell you the story of what's called the bus stop conversation so before we come back it is my belief well i've been told this that we bargain for our energy and it's a series of circuits that comes through and there's a reason why this is conjunct this or this is in this house for the conversation and when i read your chart i'm often being told the story oh in a past life this was an issue for you or you wanted to make sure that this was a challenge in another lifetime and that you set up your energy in order to understand that and so that's why i got nicknamed the storytelling astrologer i like to tell the chart so that you can use it that's why we teach the class optimize because a lot of times when you have 
charts read, you walk away going, well, they said this and this, but there's no parameter of a story to remember how it affects my life, how I work with it, how I am able to use that, whether it's a daily energy or a lifelong energy. So um, that's why I got nicknamed the storytelling astrologer. I, I was an elementary school teacher. And so there's an elementary school component to the way I read people's charts. Not that it's so simple, but I try to make it really understandable because astrology is many multiple layers, you know, and it, it's geometry. It's in aspects of this angle to this angle and this angle. Um, but often your own story comes forward. Your guides will often show up. I've had people, um, grandparents show up. I've had uh, a sister show up that had passed to say, this is why this happened for people. So I, that's the story that becomes part of what I, I weave. That's why I'm called the storytelling astrologer. And <clears throat> the next question that I have for you is for those people like myself that look at astrology and say, eh, is that really real? And because the reason that I bring this up is because I know that it's real to some degree. But for me, it's like, you know, I've got my stones that are next to me and I talk about them all the time. I love stones, but I can't feel a difference when I hold one and I hold the other. I know some people do, like they'll hold a stone and they can feel the shift in their energy. I can't feel that. I don't know what any of these stones are doing for me other than the fact that I like them. And I'm open to, I talk about how I've got maybe... At this point, I've got maybe 15 different stones around me. And while we're talking, I'm inspired to pick one of them up. I don't know why. I just do. And then eventually, I'm like, oh, I want to hold the amethyst. So I hold the amethyst for a while. And then I want to hold the tiger eye. And then I want to hold, you know, and sometimes I pick up two or three. And again, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't feel any different in my conscious awareness. Um, and for me, astrology kind of has that same similar kind of thing where I know there's value in it. There's people that I really respect that have made comments like, you create your life plan, and then part of that life plan is being born on a day and time and a place in the planet that aligns with that life plan. So it's like the astrology doesn't create your life you create your life and then you are born into the energy that's going to support that life based on where the planets are located and that made a lot of sense to me when i heard that and so i would love for you to speak more about that well and that is that's what the bus stop conversation is about i've um before i head back there are goals i have things i hope to learn uh karma to resolve and depending on what it is how specific when you are born, it's a picture taken of that energy for you to use. Now, there's they're including an energy for your free will. There's an energy you literally choose to access for your free will, to figure out, am I going to follow this? Am I not going to follow this? And it's a matter of all energies, as we know, live in duality. So here's this kind of map, topographical map, but the path I take with these energies, how I put this together is also what I encounter, what I actively attract to myself. It's not a predestined, I go here, this goes here. It's the energy I use. And it also has to do with, so 
the way I explain it to people is we are all the same on the bottom. All of the planet's pictures are exactly the same. My picture is taken at an angle for a conversation with those energies. And at the top, there are the energies that are always moving. So what gets activated is a very dynamic process. And I I find it interesting what you were saying about the rocks because I don't always know either. And I am in my makeup when I even look at my chart. I don't need to know the why. It's never been a, a, a part of it. And I can tell you what the energy in my chart is that says that. I have almost no air energy, no thought air energy. So the why never is as important as me understanding it to feel as a truth. And then I go from there. But other people's makeup wants the information because they're traveling that path. So I understand when you say, oh, I'm led to pick up the stone. For whatever reason, that part goes away for me. I just, I, I have blind faith in that. Pick that up, pick it up. And that is why astrology for me in a structure allows me to talk about this is the energy you had that is working together. How you access it becomes your awareness of just like the rock. This principle of this rock is supposed to be, if I'm aware of it, I'm accessing it, even if I'm not intuitively picking it up to what kind it is. I know I love it when people can go, ooh, this rock says blah, blah, blah to me you know um and um but for our stars this picture is taken how we access it is that journey of free will what we accomplish what we thought we could accomplish by having these pieces in our star there are things we put into our star that are definitely safety blocks squares that keep energy from running over and that has to do with that conversation again gee in my last life i wasn't able to not be very self-centered. So I make sure there's a conversation in a house that has generosity attri um, attributed to it. So it's to have us learn to access that energy, our circuit. How we fire our circuit is also how much will we put into an area, how much we become aware of what it is we truly want. I am always fascinated by people who kind of have no idea about they kind of just go through life and I, I i'd love to kind of go in their head because my head never i don't know about anybody else here my head never turns off ever 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 it's always looking what is the, my next best right move what is and i would somewhat attribute that to where all of this scorpio energy i own is what is you know causing me to want to transform what is always making me go for what is the best that is the idea behind that is the organization of it and it's been studied over many many years many many disciplines and even when you look at different there are many kinds of astrology even if you look at um, celtic astrology and they use trees they all they are assigned the same principles as what i say jupiter is or what the, the stars are um and so it's that's it's accessing it and as i'm aware it gives me a tool just like a pendulum for some people just like a tarot uh, uh cards will it gives me a tool of how i organize it and how to look at it i also believe that where the stars are in the day it is an influence like monday was a big day 
uh, it was Sandra's birthday. Um, it was uh, Lionsgate. And Lionsgate is the Sirius and the sun meet on the bridge. The spiritual sun and the physical sun have an opportunity to exchange. And so it is a day. That's why we it talks about the lion and the roar. It's a day where we embrace all the parts of ourselves, the very physical part we took on in this life, and also the very spiritual part. It's kind of, and it comes on the day where the sign is the infinity sign, and so on we go. So um, that is the essence of the belief. So there's two things that I would love to bring up. And they're related, though they're two separate topics. And wherever you want to go, this idea of co-creation is something that I really align with and and appreciate and love the concept of co-creation. And that is also related to this idea that does my chart dictate who I am or what I am? And is that fixed? And for me... Like I mentioned to you, I my mother bought me a, a chart when I was in my teens, and I read it, and most of it seemed to to, to, re- to relate to me and it resonate with me. But there was one thing that was said that really hit me off, and it's rattled me most of my life because I've kept it as, well, that must be my path. And I don't believe that, but it had that impact on me where on the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well... I am com- I, I am kind of limited in this way, and well, my chart said it was, and so, so it's very easy for us to fall into these kinds of traps when we're given information about a chart of our life, of our life plan, and it doesn't resonate with us. Um, so there's that kind of conversation that I would love to to to, to get your thoughts on. Um, what I really appreciated about the conversation that you and I had when you read my chart was. I didn't hear you say anything about that in the way that you described my energy. I love the way in which you talk about how this is the energy that is supporting you and why it's supporting you and how it's supporting you. This isn't this isn't who you are or what you are. It's more about this is the energy that's that's aligning with with what you're doing. And so I love that description because it's much more fluid, it's much more permissive which for me is really important um, in not only the way that I work with people, the way that I talk, the way that I interact with myself is all about that fluidity and that permissiveness and that permission of me being genuine with who I am and learning how to tap into the energies that are there to support me and to help me. Um, So anyway, those are kind of like, two related topics that I would love for you to to explore. That's why I tried to tell the story. There are beliefs and they're beliefs. There's, there's not a um, master book that says this means this, that means this it's been passed down. um, And in some ways, you know, just like the, the Bible that people will quote, it's also been passed down and moved and changed and it, there's an interpretation and when someone reads your chart there is an interpretation part i feel very blessed that i think one of the reasons i was reluctant to be called an astrologer 
was that I did have someone always talking to me about the energy. So it wasn't me feeling like I was reading it. I was being told. And the more charts I do, the more I understand exactly what happened. Because when someone is so locked on, this means this. That's not true because it's it's a complicated pattern. And if it didn't resonate with you, usually that's because there's a fear that there's a a, a line of truth in there. And it, it, it brings it to our... And so I like to tell people, everything lives in duality. We have a denser version. Some people call it a lower vibration. I let I really try and work very hard to let go of judgments. And so, which is not an easy, we're human beings, but it's our judgments that become part of our interpretation. And so I I even watch my language with lower vibration and higher vibration. I call it denser vibration because who am I to assign it its place in my life? Sometimes something denser grounds me to make a better, to make a different choice. Sometimes something more expanded takes me in a path where I can't, I'm not working with this physical body. So when I read it, I try to tell you what the denser interpretation could be and what the more expanded interpretation, and you may be needing it to be in both. And so that's why I tell the story of the energy. It's always a choice. There's free free will. We've come here with a plan to try to work through. It, if this This is my own belief. If... I came here with a pre-desperate, you know, all this is going to happen to me. Then I don't pick my exit point. I don't co-create with spirit as I learn. I'm not listening to them as they're talking um, every day, all day long. And that's part of that ebb and flow that happens is if I know what my energy is and it gives me a moment to go into meditation with it, then I'm able to see with more clarity where I want it to go for the next step. Does that help a little bit, Daniel? Yeah, it does. It, 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 uh, it's, it's a nice way of describing it. So, um, and I believe that the stars every day uh, give us new paths um, and new things that we can try and access or ask us to take a break from this and give us help us look at a concentration of something else. Best example of that is the dreaded Mercury retrograde. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I always find it really funny with this whole retrograde conversation. As I was getting into this whole spiritual conversation over the last couple of years, more and more, a lot of people talk about, oh, that's 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 the retrograde, that's Mercury retrograde. And I heard somebody or I read somewhere say something like, it isn't as bad as people make it out to be like they they, they use it as a, as a like they blame it for things and so it gets blamed for a lot of a lot of wrongdoing and it's and it's not like that and it makes me think about how um for me i don't again i don't when mercury is in retrograde i don't believe that that affects anything about me sure the energies are going to be different but i don't need to buy into that it, it's similar to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to use this example, people that believe that they are more depressed when the sun isn't out are going to feel more depressed when the sun isn't out. I, I don't believe that 
the sun creates my happiness or creates my depression. And so when the sun isn't out, the sun isn't out. That's okay. But mm-hmm. I've got friends that have lived their lives. Oh, I get really depressed in the winter because the sun is very low and there's not a lot, there's not a lot of sun energy. Now, of course, the sun produces energy and of course the sun influences us. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but going to the point for me to say that the sun makes me depressed one way or another, or the lack of sun makes me depressed is giving for me, giving too much power away to something other than myself. Right. Well, and Mercury, again, that is, that's the exact point. I have these energies, how I use them, how I influence them. I've picked combinations. So I personally have Mercury retrograde in my chart. I was born under Mercury retrograde. I don't have this big problem with Mercury retrograde. What Mercury retrograde is about is asking us to pause. It goes in six times a year, six times a year. And whether it affects your technology, it doesn't affect your technology, it affects other people's technology, has more to do with than, to me, that spirit bringing you the synchronicity of pause. Take a look at your communication. That's all it means. Um, For me, with Mercury retrograde, I try to pause. I find Mercury retrograde affects more people around me, their issues with technology. and. But again, it's how I look at it. Now, Mercury is in my house of transformation. So when Mercury is retrograde, it's, to me, sparking that energy inside of, oh, what can I transform in my communication? How can I be clear? It's a personal planet. We have the Sun, Venus, Mars. Who am I forgetting? Venus, Mars, the Sun, and Mercury. The one we're talking about. those are personal energies of every day. My relationship energy, my communication energy, who I am, the sun, um, and my will. Where am I going to put my will in the day? And when planets go retrograde, it's basically planets move counterclockwise. And when they retrograde, they don't, they kind of come to a pause and move a little bit the other way, but the earth is going faster than they are. That's what is called the retrograde. And it's internal things. And they happen as an opportunity from spirit, from energy, to tap us on the shoulder. So Mercury retrograde is really about communication, taking a moment to pause. And in this society, one of the ways we get paused is if our computers or our phones whack out. So if you're already very introspective about your communication, I think Mercury retrograde doesn't affect you as much. It also depends what house. The conversation would take place with Mercury. If you have Mercury in the third house, you're already having a lifetime looking at communication. So what Mercury retrograde does is probably help you tune the uh, picture a little bit because it pauses. It just means I now am looking internally versus things come um, at me. And and that is the story of our energy. It, it isn't, oh, I can't do it because this day is going on. It's more if I pay attention to the energy and I know what's going on, what other choices can I make in the day at any moment, anytime synchronicity comes forward? Uh, it's a tool. You know, it's that, that's how I use it. I like to do people's solar returns because one of the things that happens in a solar return is there's a lesson for the energy of that year. It doesn't mean that's the only thing that's going to happen, but it's also the law of attraction. That means it 
these are the lessons that are coming to me that particular year. And so, because that is our, our rising sign is our, what we attract to us for our lessons. It's where we travel. So yeah, Mercury's, I, I agree. Mercury retrograde gets blamed for a lot, but it does do a lot of kind of crazy things at times. And it depends who you are and how you react to it. And if your stuff keeps breaking down during Mercury retrograde, perhaps that's the universe saying, take a pause. <laughs> Look at what you're trying to do. It's it's like that about anything. If you're um, using a pendulum and it keeps giving you an answer and you're arguing with the answer, how many of us have done that before? Come on, guys, let's be honest. Then we, it's again... Um, that that's that part of the co-creation. It's not I'm told what to do. It's what I need to do and what's available for me to create at, at that moment. So, one of the things we do, and we have a class in Intuition of the Soul that is um, a beginning of navigating your uh, journey, and we use four basic pillars. And I talk about the astrological components of it, but the pillars are. You're in charge of your co-creation with source. Um, you own your choices once you make them, good, bad, and different. There are choices. Um, then that there's an ebb and flow of understanding that comes in, and there are times we are quieter. We were talking about that, Daniel, earlier, where all of a sudden we feel like, I'm not growing, I'm not gaining. Well, if you can pause again and look at where you've come from, it's that resetting our bodies Physically, we took a physical incarnation. We need to physically sometimes let the incarnation happen, damn it. <laughs> because sometimes it we, we fight so much or we, we want it a certain way versus the receiving. And the last is continuing your connection with source, how that comes through for you. I connect a lot with source via astrology because I get a better, I have an understanding and it's a conversation. Plus, they talk to me about it often. So, and sometimes I will say something that isn't in the stars, like, oh, well, that doesn't mean that. Yeah, it does. Just wait. <laughs> and sure enough, but again, that's the story we create. You know, if uh, my husband is a, uh, was a lineman, and as much as you understand power, power does what it wants to do, it goes to its own ground. It's, uh, a circuit looks for its own source to fire. And that is what we are. We're a series of circuits. And what astrology helps me see where maybe the thinner wire is versus the thicker wire. What do I have that helps me depend and go forward? So that's the structure for me. Let me invite the listeners if you have have any questions or or anything feel free to raise your hand or or put it in the chat um um the reason that i've gone quiet is because i had a couple thoughts that popped in my mind while you were speaking and then when you stopped speaking my mind was blank and so i'm just seeing what comes forward uh, either for me or for you or for anyone else that's that's listening. Um, one thing that I do want to kind of continuation of the conversation that you and I were having before the session started, talking about this ebb and flow, 
there's a side of our personal development that we become very invested in. And it's easy for us to want to develop faster than we're developing. And there's also a point, like you and I were talking about, where we become accustomed to our new normal. Like we have a way of living and then we learn and we expand our understanding and our awareness and all of a sudden our, our new normal has shifted. And while that shifts, it becomes really exciting and, and you know, we're feeling a little unsettled, but unsettled in a good way. Um, and then as we feel, as we allow ourselves both mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually to resonate at that new level of living, it becomes a new normal and we kind of lose that that excitement a little bit um and you know i actually think that's when co-creation um in this new age of aquarius we're moving into we are in um we're moving away from that piscean consciousness of ascended master uh, the uh, concept that one you know is able to meet some level and then we'll meet other ascended masters in this co-creation that we're learning about it actually helps with the ebb and the flow because when i am feeling that ebb and i reach out and co-create with other people whether it's via intuition of the soul or it's reading or um, i'm able then to reach one plus one equals three and I continually can go to that synthesis of three that happens when when I'm just looking at myself and waiting for, oh, can I pick this up and get a feeling? How come some people can get a feeling and I don't get a physical feeling? Or when someone's able to hear something or see it and I don't feel it, There's there is that human egoic side, which we need. We need it with this physical body. We need our ego. We need our ego to see patterns. We, If you uh, ever want to find out what it's like not to have that side, there's a great book called um, My Stroke of Insight, which, where a woman lost that. And she talks about what it's like to live without the ego seeing the patterns, without the understanding. Even though it's lovely and beautiful, it's not the physical journey we also signed up for. And so learning to reach out with other people in this co-creation is so vitally important because it's now taking us past where I kind of feel like humankind, um, not stalled, but is ready now. It's ready if I can do it with myself and I invite other people in. One plus one is three. I can give you the example of the Lionsgate reading we did the other night. There were four of us across three platforms. and. All of us the next day were completely overwhelmed with the amount of energy we absorbed. It was a wonderful, uh, but the next day we hit an ebb, but we needed to hit an ebb because whatever was coming through needed the extra time. And it was about all of us being together. So I, I, I understand because in the ebb and the flow, you're, ego side is trying to make sense out of the feeling of the stalled or something isn't as it was rather than we need to teach it to let us have the time to let it um um yes i tina i will write the name of the chat 
in the chat. Um, it's an amazing book. Ask it. Sandra and I did it together. Yeah. Um, thank you, Sandra. Um, so um, it's really very important in the ebb and the flow that we accept there's an ebb in the flow. And that's the hardest part in this journey. It's been like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, Pfft. you know, but that's because there are things going beyond what we understand. And um, that's where, for me, astrology is, because there are oftentimes I'll say to people, it's a pause. It's here. Today is a pause, actually. After this lion's gate getting ready for tomorrow's magic moon, it's an intense moon. Today is a pause. So I wouldn't be surprised if people say today, wow, I can't quite get my thoughts together or things are a little scattered or uh, things because it's asking us to pause. Um, so it's being patient with patient and gentle with ourselves, being in the present moment to rejoice at every step. Yes, that's perfectly, wonderfully said is in the moment, rejoice in the ebb. Rejoice in the fact that, you know what, I'm feeling like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes I literally feel like somehow my switch to spirit got turned off. And I'm learning to say that's for me to go into nature, to take a pause and wait for the next clear step. Because otherwise I can go a thousand miles a minute and then wake up and feel drained. So I am learning how do I synthesize this? I use the stars to help me take a look at it. <clears throat> and so this, this for me, this brings up a couple of kind of subject headings, which are a lot of fun to kind of play with. Um, one of them is about letting go of control, letting go of controlling, of trying to control everything around me and everything that I'm doing. The other one is this idea that stillness is the path to acceleration mm -hmm. and the other thing that comes to mind and i just lost this um so stillness is the path to acceleration this is something that is really hard for me personally because I am so interested in understanding the structure of things and how things work and why things work. And, um, and I know what I want and I want it now. And I use channeling as an example. I want to be able to not be conscious in my channeling. And I had, uh, one of my spirit friends, um, as I was chatting with them, through a friend of mine, and I mentioned this a lot, and, and I've got a practice group that I get together with, and we kind of channel with each other, and one of our spirit friends came forward, and I love the metaphor they gave me, which is, there is value in the resistance. Mm -hmm. There is development that occurs in the resistance, and the metaphor they gave was, and this is, I mentioned this, I think, with, with my conversation with Joanna, given that she plays a lot with, with physical fitness and stuff, I thought it was pertinent to that conversation as well. When we are working underwater, within water, like in a pool, the water creates resistance and we develop our muscles differently than when we're above water. And that resistance helps us to build things that are needed so that when we're above water we can run faster in the grass 
we can respond quicker in the grass. Had we not had the resistance, we wouldn't be as capable as we are above the water. And so that metaphor, I really love that metaphor. And for me, this whole conversation about the ebb and flow, about allowing ourselves to catch up, allowing our bodies to adjust, allowing the energies within our experience to settle so that we can then take the next step forward, that pause is not only important, it's necessary. And when we allow ourselves to fall into that space with grace, it allows that pause to be much more effective than if we're resisting it and fighting that pause and forcing through it. And so that's those are the things that, for me, this conversation is bringing up. Well, that's why it's one of our pillars. You know, it's not only I co-create, I, I can set my boundaries, I work with spirit, I... Um, uh, but it's a it's a pillar of ebb and flow. If I can accept I have ebb and flow in my life, um, you know, it it's the the concept of detachment. First, I have to learn to detach. Then I can learn to detach with love. But first, I have to learn how I set those boundaries I'm in charge of and detach. And then eventually, I can just like the resistance, I can fall with grace. Just first, I have to learn to to fall, to let it go. Because, you know, we've all had, when we think about it, and as we become more aware, when we try to force something through, sometimes we end up injured, we end up sick, we end up, spirit also has a way of saying, you aren't ready. But here, let me show you what, how you aren't ready yet. <laughs> so uh, it is a, a piece of that. And um it's a, that's why always asking for the highest and greatest good in setting an intention is important. It's the boundary of, you know, I I am in a co-creation, but it's co-creation. And if spirit knows that I'm not ready for something, I'm not ready. Even if I want to stamp my feet and say, I, want it, I so get it, Daniel, I'm right there with you. But I had to learn to detach and then learn to detach with grace. <laughs> and it's still... Uh, there's a step to each of it, and it's part of this journey. Yeah. If I yeah. think of myself a year ago at this point, how many more things, but I learned, and I learn every day via the energy. I know today is a pause. I know I looked at the stars. I know how it felt this morning. Look at where the conversation today, Neptune, the planet of spirit, which is retrograde right now, so it's more the internal conversation, is in a lovely conversation with the relationship with myself in the sky. And meanwhile, we have a moon that is um, talking about moving from the structure into where the full moon will be tomorrow, Aquarius, of us all being together. So there is something happening today in the conversation, if I can pause long enough, about what's happening with the collective and spirit that's getting ready because tomorrow the full moon is about releasing. It's about giving gratitude, releasing, and um, letting things, letting those things go, and forgiveness, including self. Always self on the list first, especially in the time of Leo. Self. This is this is the time of year. And think about August. Isn't this always the time we're getting ready for when we were younger, the next school year, getting ready for it's this burst of time for what drives us yes today is a six healing that's right so it's looking at the numbers 
they I never look at it as they tell me, they give me a story. How what character I want to be in that story is what I pay attention to. And believe me, there are days where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I don't care what you tell me. <laughs> um, and mm. learning to honor that too. So, so there, my mind was jumping into a couple places, but the subject that is at the forefront right now, and it's something you mentioned that really triggered this, this idea that we're preparing for school in August, but many of us aren't. Guatemala, where I, you know, where my family's from, I would go to Guatemala for the summer holidays and they would be in school because their school starts in January. Right. They follow a different school year. They follow a different school year. And there's people in the Southern Hemisphere. I mean, most of us are are in the Northern Hemisphere and there's a Southern Hemisphere. How does all of this play with the different hemispheres with regards to astrology well, and the conversation that we've been having? First of all, I would say part of it is where did I choose to be born and move to? So it's a harvest time here in the North. It's also when you're in the Western Hemisphere, chaos is a problem. I mean, all different, we come to a part of the world for part of our lessons. So I would say for me, the time of Leo is also about the harvest. It's getting ready. It's school. It's summer. It's all the things because that's where I'm born. Now, I'd be interested to talk to someone from Guatemala and see what they think of when they talk about Leo and Cell. Maybe it's in school. Maybe this is um, so they're finishing school then. Summer. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, school basically starts in January and it ends in kind of uh, October, November timeframe. So it's more or less it's the same time frame that would be in the states but instead of it starting september and finishing in may june it starts in january and finishes october ish and so that has a different but the weather has a different piece of that too coming Correct. from florida they all started today but florida did that a few years back so how and that's part of our evolution so it, it, it'd be interest, it is interesting, but we're born in, with different lessons. It's like the um, winter and summer solstice being in different parts of the world. Celebra one celebrating the light, one celebrating the shortest day, the darkness. And then they switch. So it has to do with part of the lessons, I would say, in the story we chose to go forward with. So for me, when I think of the time of self, I'm thinking of the end of summer, the getting ready for the harvest, the cooler weather coming. Other people are preparing for just the opposite. They're preparing for the warmest weather coming. The, you know, the heart, the harvest is in. This is the time of sleep. So again, if we choose our experience, not necessarily the way it happens, but we choose all of those factors, there's a reason where a Leo in Guatemala may be different than the Leo that was born in Canada. You know, it has to do with not just our time and place, but our family. We could say the same thing about, well, if I had a parent that was an alcoholic, or I was born into a, with a parent that was. So school might have been the savior if I had a really um, hard life when I was home. So how we look at it has to do with how we look at our journey and what we learn from it. And what I, I, I so encourage people to take that. Sandra and I did that book kind of by accident, and it has profoundly changed 
our understanding of if I, for me, if I'm choosing this life with these parents and these patterns, I'm here to learn how to deal with those patterns I have physically created with my spirit. So, um, because that's what our left, you know, embracing our ego is an important part of our journey. Our, our ego has decided to put patterns together to protect us. We can teach them to see higher patterns. And I definitely understand that now. If I can take a pause, because one of the things she talks about in this book is you when you have an emotional reaction, if you can wait 90 seconds, 90, hear that, that's it, without assigning, um, and I'm pointing to the side of my head that assigns it a pattern, then I have a choice what pattern I decide to go with after that or how I see it versus um, your your right brain is making sense all day long of the wind that's hitting your skin, of what you're seeing, what you're eating, hearing. And so learning in that pause, so we'll go right back to that pause again. 90 seconds is not a lot of time just to feel. And you can feel it go somewhere and then you make more of a conscious choice of how you see that pattern. That would happen also by where I put myself in my life, where I put myself in my family, what I'm here to learn. And it it doesn't mean that this is the only way I learn it, but when I become aware, I can also see other ways to learn and undo patterns. So it's a very interesting, and what astrology says is, here was the energy, here's how you can access it if you see it and are aware of it. <clears throat> the name of the book again was? The name of the book is My Stroke of Insight. Jill Bolte-Taylor, she was is a neuroscientist. She's 60, she's my age, she's 62 now. She had a stroke at 37 years of age. And um, she lost basically functioning of her right hemisphere and how she slowly recovered it and what she learned. It's a very spiritual journey. Wouldn't you say that, Sandra? Spiritual journey book of how, but she came to understand how much she needed this part of her brain and could love and what an amazing gift it was that she could also then decide there are patterns she didn't need to have anymore. Ways of thinking um, she didn't need to bring back online. And that's the idea of I can learn to pause. I can change this. And now it becomes more of a tool, my ego, how I can use it. You know, it can help support me versus uh, it's only trying to protect me. It's not out there to get me. <laughs> so. I, I hear a lot of people talk about changing patterns and rewiring our brain, I think, is part of that because we have lived in a certain, and I, I, I will bring up a subject that I bring up all the time. I am, my biggest challenge right now, personally, is the level of frustration that I feel towards my mother on a regular basis. And it's, it is a big part of a lot of the work that I'm doing within my own experience. And what I keep on hearing is that we have developed neural network patterns in our brain for us to respond in a certain way. So that change can sometimes be a little bit slower while those patterns shift. I've also heard things like as soon as you see the truth of something, that pattern completely disappears and it changes instantly. And so there's no right way or wrong way in terms of how long something might take, but I like the idea of 
when something is taking a long time, being gentle with myself and recognizing that either this pattern is still serving its purpose for myself or for her, which I don't know about, or my patterns are so ingrained that it's taking me a little bit longer to let go of them or whatever the case may be. Um, but I like this idea of the brain. Let me go back a little bit. I do not like using the word ego because a lot of people misrepresent and misunderstand ego. And they also blame the ego for a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with. And so there's a lot of judgment around the word ego. I tend to like using the term my human experience as a way of describing a similar aspect of my experience to point towards. Um, I, I actually really like that because I am a firm believer about language. I try not to use the word want or need. I use the word prefer there's that co-creating so I, I really like that so rather than ego your human experience i think that's because that's really what it is it's my human experience making sense it's my human experience yeah. trying to protect and i chose this absolutely I, coming down to that i chose so when i look at the stars here's my energy what choice do i want to make to co-create since this is my my pattern i that's why i use death energy for the same reason the um yeah the so, judgment. So, correct and so my connection went really slow and, and kind of stopped for a moment so for people that aren't listening to the recording um this is why she uses dense energy mm -hmm. uh, which is a conversation that we brought in earlier yeah i i it it started coming to me about maybe uh, about two years ago the whole idea of the ego, the conversation of the ego always kind of hit me funny. And at some point I was like, this is our human experience that's doing what our human does. It's what our brain does. It's what our physical form is doing to protect itself, to survive, to thrive. And so the other thing that I want to bring into the conversation, and I've heard people refer to this as well, is there's a divine ego and a human ego. The divine ego can be seen as our higher self, our spiritual ego. And again, using this term just as a, as a normalizer. I talk about it in the sense that we have our spiritual self has a personality, our physical body has a personality, and our experience on earth is the synergy between both of those personalities. And when we start to recognize the relationship between our spiritual self and our human self, then it makes it easier for both aspects of ourselves to co-create more easily. And that's the way that I like to describe it. Um, and so those are just kind of like my two cents with regards to ego, because again, ego can be misunderstood in many different ways. And I blame Freud and, and psychology for this. Um, but um, anyway, Any questions or comments from from anybody else? It's it's very interesting um, 
to always hear what people have to say. I'm be curious to know what people, how they see astrology. Um, I see it as a tool and I just happen to be able to read that tool, but I would be curious to see what, because many people after they've had a chart will go, well, that was great, but I have no idea what they said. And I'm like, well, then it's not real useful now, is it? So, um, and just like a pattern, like the human side of us looking for pattern, astrology is also looking for patterns and energy and in the stars, how that influences us. So, all right, Sandra, she got her hand up. Hello, Daniel's muted. Daniel's I, muted. I, I sorry, I I I forgot to unmute myself. I I just wanted to make sure that you're always okay with me putting you on 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 camera. Thank you. Um, having worked with uh, with Kitty uh, uh, in a number of different areas, uh, I am just amazed at how the astrological pieces of all of this fit into the stuff that I bring in with the medicine wheel, like the ages of the person and, and all the different levels of that is just absolutely fascinating. And, and further delving into that, um, Daniel spoke about that he heard this one thing and it, it kind of set him back with regards to that. Also, too, is the other aspect of that is when you hear something that's holy cow, wow, you can actually step into that and it helps you to move forward. Nothing's written in stone, of course. We have freedom of choice. But that the astrological part of this is really quite fascinating when we start to understand it at the different levels of how it pertains to our life in so many different ways with our little youths, with our teenagers, with our adults, with our seniorhood as well. It's just really incredible. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. You bring up a really interesting point, Sandra. And what it reminds me of is I'm always a little skeptical about a lot of these things. And I always talk about how skepticism is a good thing because it kind of challenges us and it also challenges the information that we're receiving so that we're able to use discernment and it's personal. And this is a, a topic for anything spiritual related and, and physical related. But what you were talking about, Sandra, reminded me of, it's almost like I've learned to respect astrology as I learned more about it and started seeing the connections of things where I started saying, oh, isn't that cool? It doesn't dictate life, but it helps to describe things that are happening in a way that makes sense. And for me, same thing with numerology. I don't, I don't really give much um, importance to numerology in my life. Having said that, I heard and learned that number three is the number of the universe, which is the reason that spirit tends to repeat things three times, which is the reason that there's a, 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 a trinity in a lot of spiritual discussions and conversations. And so now I'm playing with the number three a lot. So all of my logos will have a hidden three or a pyramid or a, tri or a triangle somewhere within its design, which isn't obvious to the user, to, to the seer, but it's there on purpose. I when I play with the microwave and I'm setting the time to the microwave, I'm doing it all in increments of threes. So it's 30 seconds, 33 seconds, 20, 27 seconds, sorry, 
yeah, 27, which is a, a derivative of nine. And, you know, so there's, I'm playing with this, whether or not it's doing anything, I don't know, but it's a lot of fun for me to play with this. And what you made me think of, Sandra, was this idea that even if I don't really understand numerology and and the things that it does, there are people that understand it. And when they talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That resonates. And and so that's what you made me kind of think of is, you know, for me, astrology is that kind of thing where if you ask me on day to day, if I believe astrology is true, I'm going to say, no, I don't believe astrology is true. But at a deeper level, I recognize that all of energy is influencing and I'm beginning to appreciate the role that astrology has in, in my life path as a tool, like you talk about, Kitty. <laughs> and so I love that. Well, and you know, I'm just going to segue from it. Three, six, and nine are galactic numbers. Um, there, when you look at geometry, and you look at how three, six, and nine aren't in the normal scheme, even with the Fibonacci sequence, and so you start learning. Well, there's got to be something to it. Um, and the third house is the house of communication. The sixth house is the house of systems, and the ninth house is the house of higher learning. All of those things that are more galactic, we talk about, um, and so it's just it's it's fascinating when they start laying on top of each other. It really is. Absolutely, absolutely. Sean, are you okay if I put you on video? You have to unmute. So go ahead to unmute yourself, and in the meantime, I'm going to pin you. I just wanted to say, Daniel, um, my husband is so simple-minded, and with me going through all this, it's just kind of rocked his world <laughs> but just hearing you and you coming to your understanding with the astrology because he's trying but then when i when i feel him getting overwhelmed i have to back off but um i i learned that when i was younger with just the way i was but just you just you just opened the door today just to realize that richie is my husband really is trying to understand what i'm going through and and to to be his best self, to take part in the way that we've lived our life through astrology. And for me to come through what I'm going through, it's just, it's amazing. Thank you. And Yay. Kitty, Kitty already knows. <laughs> so thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And actually, to be honest with you, what's so amazing is my, this is my dad's birthday. But what's so more amazing is my, my husband's Dad's middle name is Daniel. Oh. It's an honor to so. be related. <laughs> Thank you. Just that understanding. I see it, you know, but sometimes I get ahead of myself just for me being me. And um, it's just, and I know both of our birth charts, you know, and I've known him for a long time, but just learning even more. It's just, and then he's just. He don't want to believe because I asked him if he believes in ghosts. He says, no, he would rather, he believes in aliens. So um, what's wrong with believing in both? I mean, you know, but I understand, I get it, but it's just that he's trying to get on my level and you've just given me that peace. So, you know, back to Monday, Kitty, you know, my gift, it was a, somebody was supposed to give me a gift. Daniel was my gift. That's, oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. One thing that I'll say with regard to ghosts, it's also a language thing. So mm -hmm. I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in yeah. spirits. 
I should, maybe and, I should ask him that and way. And so the conversation for me is, you know, when my mother dies, I know that her spirit is going to communicate with me, not only because I play, I'm playing in the space and I'm looking forward to having conversations with her at that level, but I don't see them as ghosts. I see them as spirit because a lot of people will, again, will have the association that ghost is a, a, a judgment of something evil right. or something bad or something, you know, harmful. And right. And, and so Richard it just seems so simple though. I mean, oh my gosh, he, he wants to believe in God, but he, he does, but he doesn't, but God is not and something. I respect to, that, but, God is not something to believe in, right. in my in my view. And I'm sorry, Kitty, right. that we're kind of going down this path because no, no, again, no, 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 no. I respect it, it because it's, I've it's had a, to come to terms with that because of rich. <laughs> but but there, there again. Let, mean, me, let me just be. Kitty and I are talking about language, right? I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I've never right. liked the term God because for me, God is associated with religion, and I've always had an issue with right. the way that religion has personified God. I believe in source. I believe in something greater. I love the the Native American language of right. of the Great Spirit. So there's language in which resonates. I had a friend of mine in high school that didn't believe in God, and when I said to him, "Do, do you believe that there's something right. greater than us?" and he said, "Yes," right. I was like, "Well, that's God." Right. And so again, it kind of comes down to a language right. thing. So just play with the language, you know. Yeah, and, and that's and, what I been doing because that's what my dad put into me choose your words wisely and you know i lost my dad almost 20 years ago and you know it's just it's just crazy how things just come back it's just it's amazing well thank you for sharing it's it's an thank honor you. to have, well, thank to, you. to have you thank here you. thank you for doing this this is amazing thanks thank John. you very much okay joanne said she had something yeah joanne do you wanna are you okay if i put you on video Yes. Go for it. Yeah. So I want to just add a little bit in reference to what we were speaking about before in regards to what Kitty was asking about how do we all, how do I associate with astrology, what I do with astrology, and also tapping into numerology as well as a holistic personal trainer. I actually bring all of that into my service as a holistic personal trainer to help my clients better understand who they are on a soul level. Because when we think about astrology in itself, there's several planets and houses that are actually associated with body weight. And in regards to like the health, fitness, and wellness industry, there's such a misconception to being healthy and being thin. And so many people struggle trying to have a certain look to them, whereas in fact, when they can understand their astrology better, they could better understand whether or not this this particular year, 2022, is the year for them to really be focusing on the weight loss aspect or just the more of how can I heal and being a healthier body, a healthier version of myself. And tapping into the numerology as well, depending on what the person's personal energy year is, based on this year, will also determine that for them as well. And this is what I, how I bring this all in. And it's so interesting because when I had met Kitty, I think it was, I don't even know how long Kitty and I know each other. I feel like we know each other a lifetime. But when I had met her, I was actually studying, I've been studying astrology off and on for the last 10 years. But in the last two years, I became a, uh, as I call myself, a medical astrologer. So I look at astrology in more of a, in a, a metaphysical 
perspective to help my clients better understand where they are and what their goals, what their goals are going to be based on what they think their goals are going to be. Because most people want to come into a gym and, oh, I need to lose 50 pounds. You know, and I try to get them to understand, well, you may not necessarily need to lose 50 pounds. You might need to release the emotions that attach to what you think the 50 pounds are. But in the bigger picture, you may not necessarily lose 50 pounds off the scale. And if I can get them to better understand and shift their mindset about, I need to lose 50 pounds, then I've done my job as a holistic personal trainer. So I, I do believe like astrology and numerology. I mean, as much as I don't like numbers because I'm not a really good math person, but I do love numerology and I do think it plays a huge role in our lives. And when we, when we can understand it better, I think it's really fun as well. And a really great, I think, conversational piece to have at dinner time when there's nothing to say. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thanks, Joanne. It's, I think part of channeling becomes what structure, what works for you. When do you feel the most tuned in? Um, and for me, with astrology, because I know they're talking to me and they'll say, um, I'll be looking at a chart and they'll say, go look at Jupiter. Okay, they tell me, go look at Jupiter. And then I'll hear why I'm looking at Jupiter per se. Um, and sometimes I'll say something, I don't really know what it means, but down the road when someone hears it again, it'll make sense to them. That's that pinning it. Often in astrology, information comes forth, you pin it, and then all of a sudden the sentence comes back. Oh, wait a minute. I heard, you know, this, I needed this for it gets underscored. So that's just like messages from any channel where you get. Sometimes you pin this because it. we're not always in the, there's a piece of the presence. And right now, especially in astrology, we're sending the energy forward to meet it again. We are really looking at these next steps. There is an evolutionary component we have not been before. And we're even seeing it in the the speed of even the planets are starting to shift and change. And we're in a different part of the galaxy. We're beginning to see different things that are coming to us, which is often what all of us feel. So, Are you okay if I put you on the spot, Kitty? Sure. Excellent. Um, can you tap into your team and see if there's something that they would like you to share with us? Sure. If you give me just a minute, I'm going to pull my chart out. Not the chart for today which i somehow knew to run hmm, huh, i wonder how that was. i wonder how that was <laughs> i wonder how that happened what they're telling me to say is being aware is the journey it is the journey of where we put our attention um because as we develop the ability to be aware, we're able to make and hear what they would the decisions spirit wants us to co-create with, which is why we have such a um, a push for awareness. Um, it, it especially when we first begin awakening, like oh, this is cool. Oh, this is it. You know. Um, and um, today there is um, a piece of the the structure that is being highlighted that is never highlighted for human beings before. And so what they want people to know is um, be aware that 
this isn't something they're uncovering. This is something new that is coming forth for all of us, which is why the rest and the pause and why there are so many ancestors around and so many, um, especially highly intuitive people are getting so much more information and wondering why is it, it coming so much more quickly. So the awareness is the journey right now. That's like as simple as they can say, be aware. That is the journey. So. And we started a conversation before the recording started, which was specifically on the subject. And I can't remember where the conversation began and ended. So I'm going to repeat myself uh, for the recording because I don't remember what part of this was in the recording and what wasn't. Um. And it's exactly what you're talking about. And given that a lot of people that are listening to this recording and and here live as well, what we were talking about was this aspect of as we become aware of our connection with ourself and with spirit, it that awareness makes it easier for that communication to accelerate. It, it's we were talking about how since in preparation for this event, and you mentioned this, you grew, mm -hmm. you expanded. And for me, this is what a lot, a big part of what I've created this for is to help people understand that this is happening to you already. As you become aware of it, it's going to make it easier for you to utilize that connection more effectively, more effortlessly, more powerfully. Um, so that you can co-create with the other aspect of yourselves. And so this awareness, I think, is beautiful, and it ties into the conversation and the energy that we started in with, which unfortunately wasn't recorded, which is the reason that I'm bringing this back up, because it's really, really important and really, really valuable. And I want to highlight something else that that Kayla said as well in yesterday's call, since she and I had a conversation, and again, in preparation for this event, as she's become more conscious of her channeling, she has grown in her ability to channel. And so this is, I think, just another beautiful reminder that as we become more aware of our connection with ourselves, that connection strengthens, that muscle strengthens. And so I love that, that message coming through. That's exactly, yeah. You know, we go back to that human side of us. If we can teach that human part of our brain to see these other patterns that they're so good at assigning meaning to, we will then be incorporating that very physical part of our brain in seeing things beyond what at one time in our more dense state we didn't see. It's that openness for it. So that's really that awareness is creating a new pattern, a new rewiring. So it can become as, as physical as it, it is already feeling spiritually. So I think it's, it's amazing. And we're in this evolutionary period. I don't, I don't understand it, but I know it's here. And so I'm just going to go with it <laughs> because I don't have much choice anyway. Um, other than being something I, I don't want to be. And when I do close my eyes and try, if everybody just close their eyes for a minute and try, remember, no, not try, remember who they were two years ago. 
put yourself in August of two years ago, it, it may be almost impossible to remember that pattern of speech because you have now created a new pattern. But if you can get there, you'll see you've already changed how you've been thinking. So it, it brings up an image that I wanted to bring up earlier, which which I didn't, and it just brings it back up. I always talk about it how it's when we're little kids and we're growing, but we don't realize that we're growing until something makes us realize that we're there. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was being able to see myself in the mirror because I needed to stand on a little step stool to go above the, the, the bathroom counter so that I could see myself in the mirror. And at one point, I noticed myself being able to see my eyes in the mirror without the step stool, but it was like three inches above the mirror already. And I was like, why didn't I notice this earlier? Because now I'm like so much higher than the mirror, but I never knew it. And for me, that is such a beautiful metaphor of our growth. And we're talking about the ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. There are incremental steps that are so incremental that we don't recognize them that are happening without our awareness. But something will ping us. Either we recognize it in someone else, we recognize it in ourselves, and we kind of look back and we say, wait, I would have responded so differently to that before i'm not responding that way now thus i must be different mm -hmm. and i love these little reminders that we get along the way that point us to the growth that we've been having even if we feel like we've been dormant or even going backwards i i think that that's how when we learn to take our pauses mindfully um that's we can see that we can see ourselves in the mirror or we can remember um and i have a hard time remembering what it was like where i was two years ago but when i get there it's like wow i do not react the same way or sometimes i'll be going through something and i i witnessed something a couple of weeks ago where i thought to myself at one time i know what i would have been feeling and i um, and that's that grace you were talking about. First I detach and then I detach with love and grace, but I now know I am detached with more love, but it took a while for me to say to myself, you need to please step back from this and be kind to myself. It took me a long time to learn to be kind to myself. It was more like, you've got to learn this and it doesn't work so well. Still learning, still, still learning. learning. Yeah. <laughs> that that is an ever ever yeah. constant learning of of being kind to ourselves. Because um, if I'm creating that world for myself internally, then I'm creating that world externally. But if I'm battling myself inside, I'm creating battling myself outside. So, um, I you know I one of the things that book did teach me was I. She said to herself, as some things came back online, she didn't. I don't think I need to do that anymore. Uh, and that's all she had to say to herself. And I found myself saying that I don't think we need to feel like that anymore. I don't think we're going to react that way anymore. And when I react in a way I'm not as happy with, I try to make the amends. And the amends is just, I'm going to do this a little differently next time. So Yeah, that's beautiful. So we've got about 10 minutes left in the conversation. Um, again, if there's anything that anybody would like to add or, or ask, feel free. Um, I would love to give you a, uh, a chance, Kitty, to kind of 
share anything that you feel inspired to share and to also use that as a bridge that leads into how can people reach out to you how can they connect with you and also talk about your your invitation um I feel blessed. So what I would share is that I had started, I had started intuition of the soul rather um, naively um, wanting to create a space where people could explore uh, their spirituality. And it is giving me, me so much more than I thought I was creating. Um, and it is that idea of co-creation Um the name intuition of the soul was really about what is my soul been telling me and to continue to tell me. And I don't know where every, I've always seen my soul is pretty much the high heart. Um, that, um, and I didn't know it was the high heart, but when, when I was a little kid and they talked about your soul, I, that's where I saw it. Um, and I, and so to know that I want, wanted to listen to my higher self in this co-creation that um feeling that there would been a purpose for me it's very nice to come to this age where it's showing up like wow this is real this is i may not have understood what it is but i understand that there's a bigger group people sitting here today are all part of this journey and what an amazing gift at 60 starting at my late 50s to encounter and when i listen to people who are my age and they're so into reflecting about what they've been, where they've been. And I'm so reflecting on where I'm going um, is been an amazing gift. So I can always be reached through intuition of the soul. I'm sure I'm going to have many people here on the speakers that again, at some point it's uh, got a library of speakers who come. I'm very excited about Daniel's group. That's coming forward too to have a chance to reflect, but um I encourage anyone, if they're really interested about how the daily energy of the chart, you know, to reach out, there's a group where you can, the, the job is not for me to teach you to be an astrologer, but how to use your own chart that's in Optimize, but also in Intuition of the Soul um, to come and explore and learn about different people in different places. And, uh, and I think I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being part of the journey. Thank you for inviting me to the symposium. It's been an amazing blessing to reach out and meet people from all over the world. And to, you know, it's almost like um, my team, my spirit team is like, it's about time, man. We've been talking to you a long time. There are a lot of people out there and there it's, everything is more relaxed than it once was. I don't, I, it's the best way I can say it for years, all of that churning. Um, and it is finally because I'm listening to the intuition of my soul. So that's a big part of this channeling. So thank you. Absolutely. And so, um, for anybody that's interested in connecting with Kitty, uh, the link to their Facebook group is going to be in the description. Um, and I do want to mention Amy J again. Um, Amy J is a partner with Kitty. They co-created this platform. Uh, Amy J is also, and I'm going to speak for her, she also has a special invitation. So if you're interested in working with Kitty and to connect with Amy J, um, even though you haven't really had a chance to meet her, um, again, the invitation is there for you guys to connect with them at a very low uh, entry point, financially speaking. 
but it gives you an opportunity to to work with them um, to either have a uh, a conversation about astrology or to have an energy and kind of a reading from from Amy J. And Intuition of the Soul is a free Facebook group that those are those are our two offers, but Intuition of the Soul. And there's a library on YouTube. We have over 32 speakers now in the library that you can watch that from oh warlocks, wizards to um channelers to um well two people here. Um Joanne and Sandra both have come on and um Oh God, Egyptian shaman, just a whole bunch of different people to explore, human design people. Um, and it's all free. So, you know, it, it, we, we just encourage very organic group and we have a lot of fun. We laugh, we laugh a lot. So, so definitely check them out. Um, and again, as a reminder, these recordings are going to be made public to the greater audience. So the special invitation offer that Kitty and Joanne are offering, sorry, Amy J are offering are related to the listeners of the live shows. And so the time frame for that's going to be the end of August, beginning of September, when we have our bonus session, which is available to anybody that, uh, that donates and, and contributes. Um, so after September 1st or 2nd, these offers are no longer going to be available. Um, Intuition of the Soul, amazing group of people. Thank you, Joanne. Absolutely agree. So definitely reach out to Kitty um, and connect with her through Facebook and through her group if you're interested in exploring your own understanding of spirituality and what that means for you. So Kitty, thank you very much for being thank with you, us. Dude. Thank you guys so much for coming. It's so great to see all these faces. Lots so. of love to you. Um, please give our our love to to Amy J when when you get a chance to connect with her. And for everyone else, um, back in about thirty minutes uh, for the next session, which is with Nick Rafter. Um, and I will leave you with being spirit, being human, simply being from love. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this incredible experience. We hope that this session has inspired a new level of understanding within you, allowing you to expand more easily into the essence of your true self and become an even more powerful alchemist in your own life. We invite you to listen to the session again and again in order to go deeper each time and expand even more. Have it be via the replays or the unlimited access package. If you have enjoyed being part of this event, we invite you to tell your friends so that they can join us in the future. We are grateful that you are here and we thank you for co-creating this experience with us. Until next time, we leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love.